This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Bolts broadcast. My name is Mike Mitchelson. Chase Croshaw with me. Chase, how we doing? Feeling pretty good. Um, it was good, good to see a, a big win last night for our country. At the same time, tough to see a couple guys that I uh, know personally lose that game. But at the end of the day, you know, I, I'd be happy regardless of the outcome. Uh, but a big U.S. win. So I'm feeling pretty good. How are you? I am doing great. It was a fantastic game overall, and the team that we wanted came out as the victors, and hey, did I say it or did I say it? In the last episode, I said, we're going to run through Finland, we're going to run through Canada, give us the gold. Now, we didn't run through them, but yeah, you know, say. Uh, they they played the absolute perfect game against uh, Canada there, and we're going to talk about it more later on, um, but Gosh, just initial feeling, so pumped, so happy. Uh, since 2010, the United States have the most World Junior Golds out of any country. So that's something big to say because, uh, you know, before 2010, the U.S. I think had three or four, and now they've doubled it. So uh, the program has really taken a step forward, and we're really becoming a superpower when it comes to hockey. Yeah, I mean, the U.S. is, like, in reality, they've, they've been number two in the world in terms of hockey for a long time. Uh, the issue really was, though, um, not not winning medals at the World Juniors. Um, those Russian teams were really built to succeed, you know, like when they were still the Soviet Union back in the earlier days of the tournament. And then, you know, as time started going on, um, just, like, the youth, I don't want to say the development, but, like, I guess, I don't know what other word to use, kind of the youth development in the U.S. Uh, wasn't the best. Uh, the systems that, like, like that's really why the U.S. like national program was created, because they wanted to, uh, you know, like put all these guys together, train them together, and really create one like system, a style of play, uh, a type of hockey that they want to play. And really, since that team has come around, the development of American guys has skyrocketed. Our junior teams have been significantly better. Um, so, like the U.S. is it's really becoming truly neck and neck with Canada in terms of hockey. Whether Canadians want to admit it or not, the U.S. is getting closer. That gap is shrinking every single year. And it's just great to see that it's really happening at the junior level, especially with like this age group. There was some, like, of course, because of the way that the whole season worked out, there was uh, some more talent in this tournament than normal. It was a good U.S. team, but this wasn't the best U.S. team that they've ever had, where they were playing probably the best Canadian team ever assembled, and they were still able to kind of shut them out. It, like, it, it really is impressive. It just speaks volumes to the development of the U.S. program and their style of hockey. Absolutely. In the first 10 minutes of that first period, I was starting to get a little worried because you just saw how fast the Canadian team was, how skilled they were. Uh, but eventually the grit shone through for the United States. So uh, very excited about that. But again, we're going to be talking about that a little bit later. Uh, World Junior Talk coming up after the commercial break. Before the commercial break, though, we're going to be talking about some news, uh, kind of about the NHL. Uh, going to be looking at the Tampa Bay training camp roster. Uh, talk about a retirement that I didn't see coming uh, kind of uh, out of nowhere for me. I'm not sure if there was injury history related to this, but uh, let's start off with the NHL news um, right now, a week away from the NHL regular season. So pumped to get the league kicked off. Yeah, I mean, I'm super excited. So like, as of recording, it's officially a week when this drops, it'll be six days and then however many days from when you listen at that point. But our Tampa Lightning are playing on day one uh, four nationally televised games for Tampa this year out of the 56. Not too shabby. Uh, it, you know, it, it's going to be a very fun first day of hockey. There's some good games. Uh, I know you and I are both looking really forward to it. Uh, you know, we, we, we just finished watching World Juniors for the last two weeks or so. So we're, we're really in that hockey spirit. Can't wait for the season to pick up. Yeah, dude, I, I, I just I'm, I'm so excited. I, I really I really look forward to seeing what the Stampa team can do. Uh, you know, no Kucherov. Stamkos should be back on the ice, though. Team's looking a little different from the previous season. Uh, a couple trades. But this really could be another team that wins the championship. It's built that way. Yeah, absolutely. And I'm so excited because we saw amazing talent in the World Juniors. We might get to see a couple of those guys come play in the NHL, such as Bowen Byram, Tim Stutzla, uh, Quentin Byfield, and others. So very excited for that as well. Uh, but Chase, let's talk about the NHL divisions, as it seems like they're going to be sponsored this year. Yeah, so this is something uh, interesting. 
the NHL divisions, um, like as Mike just said, are going to be sponsored. This is kind of a new avenue that the NHL has never gone down. Um, really, this is a very like strange year in, in the NHL. Uh, there's not going to be any fans. They're trying to, like, I mean, there's going to be some fans someplace, but they're not, not going to be as many fans as normal, I should say. So the NHL is trying to, you know, they're finding ways to make money, you know, with ads on helmets or TV deals, whatever they can do. So, you know, naming the divisions is really something like, or I should say sponsor the divisions, excuse me. It's something so minimal. It's not going to impact anything on the ice. Just wait for the league to make money. I've got no issue with it. Perfectly fine. It's going to be a little weird, you know, seeing just like, like these brand names instead of divisions, you know, like uh, instead of just like the central or the Pacific, it's going to be a little weird, but I mean, it's really not a big deal. Yeah, I'd, I'd rather a sponsored division than a sponsor on a jersey. Uh, I know you're not a big fan of the European jerseys with the sponsors on them either. Uh, I'd be fine with them on helmets, but uh, when it comes to the jersey, I want the logo, the the biggest and the prettiest symbol on that jersey. And if there's any other logo, then maybe the Adidas one, you know, right there on the collar. But uh, that's my thoughts. I, division sponsored, much better than jersey sponsors. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Take what you can get. Um, if I if I ever see like NHL jerseys, be like I can maybe handle like a small ad because like of course you know technically you know CCM Adidas like when they're on jerseys they're advertising, but it's different because they made the jersey. But if I see like a like how in the US team they have Chipotle on their helmets, if I see like Chipotle on a hockey jersey, I'm gonna lose my marbles. <laughs> It'd be cool though, like if you bought a jersey with Chipotle on it, and they're like, you know what? You get free burritos because you bought the jersey. Anytime you come in with the jersey on, you get free burritos. Yeah, I, I think it's a bad business model, I'm be honest. Yeah, I mean, it'd be terrible, but it'd be fun for me <laughs> because I'm a big fan of Chipotle burritos. I know you're a big fan of Chipotle burrito bowls. So, uh, I, I mean, it sounds like a win-win for Chipotle and us. Maybe they should just sponsor the podcast. You know what? I think they should. I know, I know their CEO is listening right now, so just reach out to us. Slide in our DMs. We're open. Yeah, exactly. All right, Chase, let's talk about a retirement. Uh, I didn't see this one coming. You're going to have to fill me in if there's injuries related to this retirement. But, uh, you know, go ahead and take it away. This is interesting. Yeah, so this one, it did kind of come a little bit out of nowhere. Uh, Colin Wilson, 31-year-old forward, after 11 seasons, the NHL has announced retirement. 632 games, 286 points. Um, You know, it it, it did kind of come out of nowhere. If I'm... Like, I, I don't know if there's any injury like that's going on right now. I know he's missed, like, time because of injury in his career. Um, Let's see. Like, uh, just re- reading this from this, like, blurb. Because, like, I was trying to find out as you were talking about the injury thing. Because, like, I couldn't remember anything off the top of my head. Um, He had a double hip surgery in December of 2019. So, I you know, that would... I probably be the reason why I honestly don't remember that. Um, I, I do. Cause I do remember that he only played a few games in the 1920 season. Didn't remember what the reason was, but that makes sense. So coming from back from surgery like that, that's hard, especially as you're getting, a, I don't want to say 31 is old, but in terms of hockey, it is getting kind of older. So Colin Wilson retiring, uh, best of luck to him, whatever he decides to do with the rest of his career. He had a nice NHL career, made some money, uh, you know, best of luck to him. Yeah, absolutely. Colin Wilson, always a guy I picked up in NHL as a, a nice third liner, a two-way forward, and he did great for my team, and hopefully he goes, or hopefully he does great into the future with whatever he does. Uh, but Chase, before we talk about this Tampa Bay training camp roster, I did want to mention uh, Dylan Strom. We talked about him last episode. He eventually yes, got that contract extension, and it was probably like two hours after I submitted the episode to the, uh, to the network. So it seems like that always happens with us. Anytime we're doing a podcast news comes out right when we're done with the podcast, but, uh, did want to mention that here. Oh, that, that reminds me too. just same, same exact thing. After we recorded Jared Spurgeon got announced captain of Minnesota, literally right after we recorded. Um, so that, that's not another thing too. It just always works out that way for whatever damn reason. Yeah, so uh, it'll be nice to see Dylan Strome back, and we talked about how he should have a big role with Jonathan Taze and Kirby Dock out, so we'll see how he does as a, uh, I think he's 23 now, maybe 24, um, a, a promising talent who went third overall. Will he be able to take that big jump? We'll have to wait and see. All right, Chase, let's talk about this Tampa Bay training camp roster. Uh, just going to go over it quickly, uh, probably get a picture up on Twitter on our uh uh, Twitter page, so you guys can check that out if you want to. Yeah, so I mean, it, it's pretty much what you expect from their training camp roster. Um, 
kind of like n- nothing too crazy. Uh, there's, I mean, there's a ton of players. It'd be no different than like, any other, you know, preseason that they have. Uh, but you know, th- there's a couple names of guys that, you know, like maybe be on look for. Um, I don't, I don't know if we're gonna be able to see any games practices streamed, but you know, we'll, we'll get to see some of our draft picks like Jack Finley, Gage Goncalves. Uh, we'll get to see them kind of play their first little action with the Tampa Lightning, maybe in some uh, preseason practices or scrimmages. Uh, then there's a couple guys, maybe like Alex Green, uh, Boone Yavis, Luke Wykowski, Chris Gibson. Like these guys are all, you know, players that maybe could push for the taxi squad because uh, now that the NHL has that taxi squad where players can kind of be with the team but make that AHL salary, you know. So these are guys that are kind of borderline for that. Um, you know, who knows if what we'll see. I, I look forward to maybe being able to see some practices, but yeah, I, I have no idea what the plan is yet for them. Yeah, for sure. And we see the the one name I want to highlight is Callen Foote, obviously first round pick by our Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, do you think he makes that jump this year? We haven't seen him yet in the NHL. Does he make the jump this year? I would be honestly surprised if he doesn't. Um, right now, the right side of the, the blue line is a little weak uh, with, with guys moving on. So I think he's got a really good chance to make this team if he doesn't. Um, I would rather him play in the American League than be on the taxi squad personally. Um, but I, I, I still have a hard time believing he doesn't make the team and at least get some playing time right away. Yeah, I would agree. And then we also see Sean Day, former exceptional player status uh, defenseman. Uh, you, we were a big fan of him. However, his career really hasn't gone the right way. Uh, he ended up being, what was he, a third round pick? Or was it even later? Yes, sir. Okay. Third round. Third round pick, and uh, we got him for cheap, and he's now on the training camp roster. Maybe he can do something. Uh, Not really sure. I don't expect him to make the team, but it'd be cool if uh, he kind of flourishes in camp and gets the opportunity. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Um, It's not... Like, it's not likely, but it's not impossible either. Uh, he's someone who he has clear ability. He wouldn't have gotten exceptional status if it wasn't for that. He wouldn't have been drafted if it wasn't for that. But he just lacks, you know, the kind of upside that was he was thought to have as a 15-year-old. But he, he still has the chance to, like, become an NHLer. It's a stretch at this point. But who knows? With his taxi squad, maybe he just gets put in that taxi squad. All of a sudden, someone gets COVID to go in, and then he just scores six goals. That'd be uh, that'd be awesome. He he pulls a Quentin Byfield in the World Juniors, just comes in and uh, lights it up. Yeah, that'd, that'd be quite fancy. But instead of um, just having it for one game, like Quentin Byfield having to do it every game. I mean, I'd be okay with that. Yeah, I know that that line right there just appeased World Hockey Report. <laughs> oh, World Hockey Report, we love you. Um, okay, let's talk about <laughs> let's talk about the the Syracuse Crunch Chase. Uh, so, uh, you know, she kind of did a little brief talk saying a couple guys might be in the American League. Well, Syracuse this year is going to be looking a little different. Uh, the Florida Panthers and the Tampa Lightning will be sharing their affiliate this year. So Syracuse Crunch is normally our affiliate, but the Florida Panthers will also be using them because not the whole AHL is going to be playing. So this is a good way for all, you know, the prospects are still getting some playing time. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see because with smaller rosters, you know, the, the NHL teams are going to want to make sure that their prospects play, which means normal American League guys, guys who are just, you know, like on those American League contracts or maybe on NHL contracts but have no chance of really playing in the NHL. Uh, those guys aren't really going to get the chance that they normally have, I don't think. Uh, the American League coaches are still going to want to win, but at the end of the day, the NHL does have a lot of say on like what players play every night and stuff. So it's going to be really interesting to see how this all works out. Uh, I, f- I feel bad for some of the guys who, who, you know, they've been career-long American League guys. They're captains. They they play all these minutes, and they're probably going to end up losing their roster spot just for these young players, just for that reason. Yeah, that's it's very interesting that uh, Tampa and Florida are both going to have their they're younger guys on one team. Uh, I I don't think it's going to be a superpower, however, because our Tampa Bay Lightning doesn't really have the deepest pool when it comes to um, <laughs> when it comes to up and coming talent. However, Florida's got some nice players, um, but yeah, interesting for sure. Um, but then again, I, I'm not someone who really pays attention to the AHL teams other than you know younger prospects so uh gonna be interesting but hey it's uh it is what it is right yeah i mean i'm a big minor hockey guy so like i I like paying attention to the american league and the coast um so it's it's gonna be interesting to watch the season i look really forward to seeing how it all unfolds 
Absolutely. All right, Chase, we're going to be talking about World Juniors coming up. But first, a quick commercial break to listen to uh, what the Caps Chirp podcast has in store for you guys. So you like hockey? Congratulations. You're amongst the smartest sports fans in the world. Want to fight about it? Join me, the Hockey Troll, and that snack, Polly Cupcakes, every Monday and Thursday on the official Caps Chirp podcast, repping the greatest team in the NHL, your Washington Capitals. Not only do we bring you the best Washington Capitals coverage, but we've got the hottest takes and the tastiest content. Tune in wherever you get your podcasts and at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. Chirp us on all social media platforms at Caps Chirp. See you beauties and vendors there. All right, and we are back. If you liked what you heard from the Caps Chirp podcast, make sure to go check it out on any podcast platform or thehockeypodcastnetwork.com. All right, Chase, World Junior Talk. Um, it was one of the best tournaments I can remember. Maybe it's because of the excitement that I had uh, with a lack of hockey viewing for like two, three months, or maybe it was just really that phenomenal of a tournament. Uh, Very fun. And it ended with a U.S. gold. You couldn't ask for anything better. You know, it's definitely like parts of both of what you said, Uh, not having hockey for a little bit, definitely factors into it, but it was really good hockey. It was entertaining hockey. It was impressive to see what a lot of these guys, like they haven't played games in eight, nine months, but they went out there and, but they're hard on the ice and really impressed the hell out of me. Uh, Yeah. It was great to see us get gold. You know, I, I pretty much if the U.S. is get gold, I want a hockey minority country to get gold, and that's not realistic. So pretty much, I always want the U.S. to get gold. Uh, so uh, you know, I'm happy I can't complain. It was a really good tournament. Um, you know, it was unfortunate that there was two Tampa prospects in the tournament, uh, Maxim uh, Groshev and Hugo Alnafelt, and neither of those guys ended up meddling. Uh, Groshev for Russia, Alnafelt for Sweden. It is what it is. They're, you know, they're both still solid players in their own right. Maybe they'll be NHLers one day. Um, you know, Groshev played a solid tournament. All the felt, same kind of thing. Just just nothing too special from either of the two. Um, but, yeah, at the, at the end of the day, it was great to see U.S. medal, as I said. Yeah, absolutely. And then Canada picks up the silver. Finland picks up the bronze in a bronze medal game against Russia. Uh, Finland almost took USA to the brink in the semifinal matchup as it went – uh, they were tied like 3-3 with like a minute 38 left or something like that. And Arthur Kelly have got the win for U.S. Um, little little shocked that uh, the U.S. decided to turtle. And I was very scared that the U.S. was going to turtle against Canada in the third period. Luckily, that didn't happen. But uh, this Finland team did surprise me. I didn't think Finland would be the third best team in the tournament. I would have put my money on Russia and Sweden above Finland. But Sweden really took a tumble in the prelims. I'm telling you, this is what Finland does every year. Finland, you look at them like, yeah, they, they have a solid roster, you know, fourth, fifth, uh, probably in the, in the tournament. But they always find a way to medal. They have three gold medals since 2010. They always find a way to medal because they are coached so well. And they play a great team game. They all, Every player on the Finnish team always works together so well. And there's always someone who kind of comes out of, out of nowhere. I don't want to say he came out of nowhere, but he kind of did at the same time because... How many people listening to this, how many people watching World Juniors knew who Brad Lambert was before the tournament? You know, I'm someone who does because I, I'm big into the hockey prospect world, but most people don't know who the hell he was. And, you know, he's a kind of a Canadian living in Finland, grew up in Finland, born in Finland. Um, but he played a great tournament as an underager for that Finnish team. Um, he's going to be a huge factor on that team next year as well. He'll probably be their best player. Um, you know, that, that's just what that Finnish team does. They bring these guys kind of out of nowhere. They played a great cohesive team game and end up meddling. Yeah, Brad Lambert was great. And I think we saw the true potential from Anton Lundell as well. Uh, a guy that you had higher in your um, prospect rankings than where he was drafted. And it looks like uh, he's going to be a steal. I just got to say, it's painful being so right all the time. Well, I kind of like how Shakir McCommodulin just didn't have him ranked in the first round. Oh, wow. He might have been the worst player in the tournament. And there was a whole roster of Austrian players. Uh, he looked really bad. I, I saw a funny tweet. I don't remember who tweeted. I'm sorry. I wish I could credit you. Um, it was 
Um, Shakir Mukamadillon has been playing his best hockey term of like the tournament so far today. He's been just god awful today, and I just I laughed my ass off because it's just so accurate. He just he he might have been a worse first round pick than Yuri Chinikov because I mean at least Chinikov's producing this year where Mukamadillon is just trash. Yeah, it's very unfortunate to see first rounders perform so poorly. Uh, but Chase, why don't we talk about this Sweden slide as Sweden was undefeated for the last. I don't know. I think it was like a 58 game streak and prelims. However, 54. they 54, excuse me. However, they drop a game in overtime to Russia and then drop a regulation game to the Americans on New Year's Eve. Uh, what a New Year's Eve, by the way. We uh, we had a lot of fun. There was a lot of drinks going around. Oh, yeah. We got to see the U.S. beat Sweden and it's crazy how Sweden went from such a dominant prelim team to a team that went two one and one and then lost first round of the bracket play. I mean, like you got to cut them a little bit of slack. Their head coach, he wasn't allowed to travel for their better players. Weren't allowed to travel. Uh, so like they, they were missing like a good chunk of guys and they still, you know, they played their hearts out. They, they played good hockey, ended up dropping more games and they should have, ex- they should have then more of the games than they expected. But they still played solid hockey. If they had their full roster, I still think they would have medaled at some point. They were kind of my favorite if they had a full roster to win the gold this year. Uh, but they end up with nothing. It's kind of what Sweden does. It's they, they, they just love <laughs> leaving the World Juniors without a medal for whatever reason. Um, but, you know, you know, next year, this Swedish team, we'll, we'll see how they are. I don't think they're going to have Lucas Raymond or Alex Holtz. Um, you know, they'll have someone like, like Dieter Niederbach, who played a lot of games. But, like, they're going to be missing a lot of guys next year to have to guess. So who knows how the Swedish team is? Yeah, absolutely. All right, Chase, let's talk about Switzerland and Austria, both finishing last in their respective groups. Switzerland, five goals for, 20 goals against. Austria, one goal for, 29 goals against. Absolutely terrible. However, they're going to be in the tournament next year. Yeah, and Austria next year, oh boy. Uh, The only saving grace on that roster is Marco Rossi, who didn't even look that good in the tournament because he was, I mean, He's a good player. He's really good for his age group, too. I think his ceiling is capped. I've talked about that before. But for his age group, he is a really damn good player. But you can only do so much when you're playing against the competition that you're playing against. Um, and they're, they're screwed next year because he, he, he won't be on the team. He's not eligible for the team. Uh, they have Marco Casper, who's a really nice 16-year-old. He's going to be a draft pick one day. But he's not going to carry that team as a 17-year-old. They're going to get pumped next year, kind of like they did this year. And, I mean, it's to be expected. It's not a hockey powerhouse. They end up in a hard pool because they're either playing Canada or they end up in the pool of death, which has, you know, usually three of the top five teams. So they're, they're, they're honestly, they're, they're just screwed. There's no other way to put it. Yeah, exactly. It's it's unfortunate, but, uh, you know, it is what it is. They'll get a, another chance to play in the World Juniors. And honestly, I, I think that's what any hockey minority country would want, you know, just a chance to get their names into the Division One World Junior Championships. And uh, they'll have that yet again. Yeah, I mean, you, you never know. It's, I know it was different circumstances in 2018 uh, for the Olympics, but still, Germany came out with a silver medal in that tournament. Uh, you, you just you never know who's going to perform, who's going to get hot, and if the whole team gets hot at the right time, it's like someone could surprise easily. Yep, absolutely. All right, uh, Chase, you mentioned Germany. We're going to be talking about some individual players now. Uh, I want to start on Tim Stutzla. He was phenomenal. I mean, you, you talk about Marco Rossi having a carry. Tim Stutzla was kind of in that similar boat. I mean, he had a couple players alongside him that helped him, uh, but he was absolutely phenomenal. Yes, he was. And, you know, we'll talk about the awards at the end of the tournament. He did win one of the awards or at the end of the talk about the awards at the end of the show, I should say, but he did win one of the awards. Um, rightfully so. Hell of a player signed a contract. He'll be in Ottawa this year. He'll be a top six player for them. He, he really is fantastic. He, he thinks the game so far ahead. Um, you know, I think I'm pretty sure I said it on the last. Po- I don't know if I said it on the last podcast, or I said it to you individually. Um, you know, he's been ready for the NHL mentally since he was 16. He's just now physically ready, so uh, he's going to come in. He's going to have a really nice rookie year. Um, I would say it's going to be between him and Lafreniere for rookie of the year. Uh, I someone else could come in out of nowhere. Maybe Kaprizov has a big year, but I really think those two guys are actually the biggest impact rookies. Um, He's, he's really going to be like the catalyst of the Ottawa offense. Yeah, absolutely. And and this is why I love World Juniors, because for European players like Stutzla, you're not able to watch his games quite easily. But when he comes over for the World Junior Championship Tournament, 
you get to see all his skill put on the put on the screen and he goes against guys his age group and uh, absolutely dominates them. So very, very fun to watch him and others like him coming from the European leagues. And he's going to be phenomenal when he gets to Ottawa. Uh, But Chase, let's talk about a guy that you want to talk about specifically. Anything surprising? So how many people am I allowed to talk about here? Um, I don't know how many you want to talk about. I don't know because like I've got quite a few guys I can talk about. I'll um like I don't I know there's another guy specifically you for sure want to talk about. Um, I don't know how many more you have, but I got I'll just I'll start with this other German player real quick and then um we'll we'll figure out from there. But I do want to talk about Florian Eliash. Uh, Florian Eliash. I'm pretty sure it's Eliash. I always struggle with his last name or that pronunciation. Uh, but regardless, uh, Florian he is someone who is a name that nobody really knows. Uh, he, he's been playing pro hockey in Germany. He's a 19 year old. Um, he, he had a really nice tournament for this German team. Um, he, he played a lot of top minutes. He's not someone who's got just absolutely incredible skill, but he's got some ability. He, he's someone who could be maybe a borderline NHLer one day, maybe a borderline draft pick, but he really impressed me playing with Schutzla and JJ Paterka. He really kept up with them. You know, he was kind of supposed to be maybe in a secondary role with Nino Kinder and Lucas Reichel. They were supposed to be there, but ended up missing because of COVID. But yeah, he really impressed me stepping up big time. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, he helped Germany place third in their respective group. But Chase, um, I, I could actually spit out three names if we want to go that far. We're running on 25 minutes right now. Uh, I'm thinking the show goes another 10, maybe 15. What are you thinking? How many names? Uh, I mean, I, I'm good with however many. Like, I've got, I mean, I've got a ton of names, and I've got some bolded that I want to talk about more than others. To tell you how many I have bolded, I have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. I have twelve names bolded. Um, a couple of guys we'll talk about like in the award part too, so we don't have to mention them as heavy here. So I can just skip them for now. But um, yeah. Okay, twelve names bolded. Uh, I don't think we're going to do twelve. All right, Chase. So let's uh. Um, how about I give you five? Does All five right, work? That, that works. And I won't mention, um, like I, cause I have two guys that are like award winners and three guys that are, are like award winners. I won't mention them at all. Okay. So, um, why don't you go one and then I'll go one and then, you know, we'll, we'll kind of go back and forth. I'll let you go first. Cause you've got a couple more names. Sure. We can do that. So, uh, very first name that I want to begin with is Cam York. Captain Team USA. Uh, this is a guy who plays at the University of Michigan. He's someone who's really relied on his offense more more often than anything. He's a very nice offensive defenseman, but he's also you know like reliable in his own zone. But in this tournament, he took it, took it to another level. He was like the best defenseman in every inch of the ice for the U.S. He was one of the better defensemen in the tournament. He defended so well. He was great in his own zone. You know, he he took away pass lanes. He he broke up shooting lanes. He was great in front of the net. He was great in the corner. He had a great breakout pass. He had one hell of a tournament. Um, you know, I, I know how talented this kid is. He's a first round pick. He's going to be an NHLer, but he really surprised me on uh, this tournament. Just him taking on that big role, that leadership role. I mean, I just truly was shocked. Yeah, he was awesome. And one thing that sticks out to me was last night in the Canada game. Uh, it was a two on one. He laid out and got a stick on the puck to break up the two on one play. And Dave Starman, I think it was Dave Starman, said, I just want to let you know, I don't like it when players go down to try to break up a two on one. I absolutely love it. So uh, a phenomenal play by him and to see him handing out gold medals to his teammates and just the pure joy and pure elation that they showed. uh, It was awesome to see. Uh, But Chase, I want to talk about Matthew Boldy. Uh, We put we put a poll out there and um, I'm sorry, I'm not I'm not remembering the exact words right now, but who basically, basically who improved their draft stock or their prospect stock um, in this tournament? And I thought it was Matthew Boldy. I mean, he didn't make the team last year. It lit a fire out under his ass. He was great in the latter half of the college season last year and makes the team this year. And it seemed like every single game he was noticeable for me. No, I mean, you're 100% right. You know, as you mentioned, this is a guy who's been trending since the second half of last season. 
he kind of got a loose Miko Rantanen comparison at the um, NHL draft. You know, a bit of a stretch, maybe not the ceiling, but the similar type of layer. But, you know, maybe the ceiling really is there. Uh, he's looking, like, really, truly fantastic. Uh, he's going to be a really nice, reliable two-way guy in the NHL who can also score some goals, too. Uh, he's, he's super fun to watch. He, he really has what it takes to win, and he wants to do whatever he can to win. And, I mean, I agree 100%. He really improved himself. Yeah, absolutely, and I really like the line of him, Beneers, and Caulfield. Uh, I would have liked to see Caulfield get a little bit more space out there, be able to take a shot a couple more times because his shot is electric, but unfortunately we didn't get to see that as much. Uh, obviously, they're not going to let Cole Caulfield go free because the guy is a dynamo. But, Chase, let's move on to another player that you want to mention. You know, I, I'd, I'd be reminiscent if I didn't mention uh, Dylan Cousins, a guy that, you know, I'm not the biggest fan of. I still think he's a good player. I still think he's going to be an NHLer. I just don't know if his ceiling is quite worth his draft stock personally. To me, he was a middle to end of first round type of guy based on his talent. He looked great in this tournament. You know, he kind of took out a leadership role, him and Bowen Byram, uh, with Kirby Doc being out, and he really impressed. He he led the team. He led the team in scoring. He was their best player for sure, night in and night out. Played a good two way game. He was just someone that was really reliable in all aspects of the ice. And that's what he's going to be kind of that way as an NHL or two. Um, he might like he has a chance to play this year for Buffalo. Like, I, I really think he does. I think he probably will. Uh, who knows what kind of role it'll be in. But he's really got a chance to make that team and, you know, maybe provide a little bit. But, yeah, I mean, I, I'll, I'll be the first one to admit that he really impressed me. That's the one thing that stuck out to me the most was the leadership qualities from him after Kirby Doc went down and and Kirby Doc, we expected him to be uh, the best player out there on the ice and the biggest leader for this Canadian team. And it was unfortunate they didn't have him because if they did, the tournament could have gone differently. It would have gone differently. Could have gone differently. Would have. He would (laughs) have. Like, like Trevor Zegers saw this tournament in scoring. But even on that team where the ice time was so like even on the Canadians, Kirby Doc will have the tournament scoring. Okay, we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> we I mean, won't see. I mean, well, I mean, that's true. We won't see because, uh, you know, tournament's over. And Mike was right when he made the prediction that U.S. was going to take gold. Uh, Chase said he wanted U.S. to take gold, but he said realistically he had to give it to Canada. We're going to have to let the boys know on Showbound that, uh, you know, we we're right. They were on and uh, it's okay. That's okay. Everyone's wrong once in a while, except for me. Um, but it is what it is. Yeah, um, but totally. Chase, let's move on to another player here. Uh, I want to talk about Alex Turcott. He kind of started off slow in the tournament, but he was a, a big role uh, in bracket play. And he helped the team get the first goal on the board against Canada. And he really picked it up towards the end. Uh, I think he showed more of his two-way forward capabilities than he did his uh, playmaking abilities. And I was very excited to see how he was playing uh, towards the end of the tournament. Yeah, I mean, Turcotte's just a really good hockey player. Uh, he's going to be a really good NHLer. He should be on the Kings this year. I'd be shocked if he wasn't personally. I think he's at that point in his career. He's got the offensive ability. He's got the defensive ability. You know, it's, it's something we've really talked about with a lot of these star players in the tournament, how well they've played all over the ice. And, like, really, it's true. When you're this good, when you're this dominant, you should be good in every aspect of the, of the game, regardless if it's going to translate that way to the NHL or not. But, you know, Turcotte was one guy that was in that as well. I mean, sure, he didn't have just the unreal scoring um, that you might expect someone who you would say was dominant had. But, really, he was a dominant player because he was just a hard player to control and he was always shutting down. Yeah, and it's kind of crazy that from this tournament, from the early struggles from Turcotte and Byfield, that someone would say maybe they're bus. I mean, <laughs> we didn't say that, but someone out there did, and we were shocked by it. Uh, we did not like the take whatsoever. Um, that's completely fine, though. Everyone's got their own opinions, but uh, L.A., they've got Arthur Kaliev, Alex Turcotte, Quentin Byfield. I mean, they've got plenty of players uh, that are going to be great when they reach their max potential when it comes to uh, the NHL. So a, a scary team to look out for. However, I think we have a couple years until they really get to that ceiling. Yeah, I mean, probably. And not even just those guys that you mentioned, but Akil Thomas, Jared Anderson, Dolan, Sean Dorsey, like they, they've they've got it going on in, in L.A. right now. This team is building something special. Uh, five years, it is going to be 
one of the best teams in the league, just flat out. As long as they get that consistent goaltending, I like Cal Peterson. I don't know if he's a number one. Uh, probably not, but if they find a number one goaltender with the way this team is developing, sheesh, they're going to be a good team. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I just really hope that the Drew Doughty contract doesn't hinder them because, uh, you know, they've got him on the books for a little bit longer. And if they're not able to re-sign a good player uh, coming up because of the Doughty contract, that's going to be an absolute killer. Yeah, it is. All right, Chase, another player for you. Uh, who impressed? So I got to go with Vasily Podkolzin. Uh, he didn't score a lot, but this this kid's just a man. He it's, That's really the way to explain him. He is just a freight train on the ice. Him and Yigarov Afanasyev, they both played to kind of a similar type of game. Podkolzin, so you can see, you know, the, the high level where Afanasyev, you know, he's, you saw some skill from him too, but Pod Colton's, you could just see this true elite future NHL or first line type guy. He's going to be a true power forward. Uh, he's going to go harder than that. He's going to score goals. He skates so well for someone who plays the way he does and plays as hard as he does. Man, he really is just an impressive human being. Yeah, for sure. And he shows a lot of emotion too. That's, that's one thing that yeah. I love. Um, Cause in hockey, you don't always get a lot of emotion, but in tournaments like this, you really see it shine. And Pod Colson, he went to the penalty box uh, a four minute um, for high stick and he didn't look at the ice once. His head was down the whole time. Uh, I, I assume just sitting there hoping and praying that uh, Finland doesn't score. Luckily, they didn't. However, they didn't get the win and Pod Colson was just absolutely distraught, um, but a, a great player and very excited to see what he can do in the NHL. Um, I want to talk about another emotional player now, Bowen Byram. Uh, man, it, w- it was kind of hard to watch him handing out the silver medals to his teammates because uh, you saw a couple of times uh, a training staff or a teammate uh, came up and gave him a hug and it, it made him get a little bit more emotional. And uh, although the emotions were there and it was a tough night, he was phenomenal. I, I think in that, that second period, uh, at the latter half of the second period and then into the third period, it really showed me, holy hell, this guy is a phenomenal defenseman when it comes to just the physical attributes. He thinks the game and he skates so much faster and he was awesome. And I really got to see what this kid's like. And I I don't think there's any chance that he doesn't make Colorado this year. You know, there's a reason he won player of the game for Canada in that uh, gold medal game because he is just a truly elite level defenseman and he showed it in that game he was their best player by a mile uh, the, the fact that him and Kale McCarr are gonna be in the same D pair maybe may together if not they're at least in the same D core that's just not very fair yeah pass I'm not gonna pass yeah. on that one uh, Colorado there that that's a team that is actually gonna be regardless of who they have in net it just doesn't matter because they're gonna score a lot of damn goals and still be good defensively that's going to be an impressive hockey team for a lot of years to come, and Bo Byram's is going to be one of the biggest pieces of that. I think we said last year that watch out for New York, the Rangers, and Colorado because of just how much young talent they have and the already immense stars that they have, like Nathan McKinnon, Artemi Panarin, uh, Miko Rantanen, Mika Zabinijad. Like, it, it's insane how good both of these teams look. And then you add prospects that haven't played for them yet, like Alexi Lafreniere and Bowen Byram, and it just gets even more wild. Yeah, I mean, it's really, I don't want to say it's not fair because they've went three years of suffering to build up the prospect pool they have, but it kind of is not fair because like it's, it's just, it's going to be so good. Yeah, absolutely. All right, Chase, let's get on to another player that has impressed you during the World Junior Tournament. So this is a guy that uh, who who knows how many people know his name. I think people know it a little more after this tournament. Uh, it's defenseman Kirill Kursanov. He is a defenseman for Russia. He was their youngest guy. He was their, if I'm not mistaken, their only guy who had not been draft eligible yet. This is his first year of draft eligibility. Um, he like he was just by far their best defenseman in this tournament. Their decor was kind of lacking. You know, Daniel Chaiko and Shakir Mukhamadoulin were probably their two best guys, like, at least on thought coming into it. And Chaika played solid. McCombin Dillon's just fucking horrible. Um, so, Kersanov, he really stepped up into a great role. He is a really, really solid defensive defenseman. He has a great defensive stick. Uh, you know, he breaks up passes incredibly well. He's just really reliable in his own zone. I added a couple points, had a goal and an assist. Uh, he's not someone who's going to wow you offensively. But, you know, he's playing 
for St. St. Petersburg as a young defenseman in the KHL, that just doesn't happen. It just shows, you know, the poise he has back there, the really nice offensive presence that he has. Yeah, and it's really nice to see a young Russian defenseman prospect because outside of, like, Alexander Romanov, like, there's not a lot of great Russian defensemen. And so it's nice to see a younger kid like this step up in a big tournament, in a big role, and help his team fight for a bronze medal. Unfortunately, didn't succeed there. Um, But it was nice to see him step up for sure. And then my last player, Chase, uh, I don't know how many more you got, but my last player, Yaroslav Askarov. We were hoping and praying to see what he had last year. Had kind of a stinker last year. This year, he put that behind him, and I thought he looked great. He is kind of a weird goalie, though. Like, I know in the in the draft, or maybe it was a World Junior preview, they were talking about the differences between Spencer Knight and Yaroslav Askarov, talking Spencer Knight's more refined. He's he, he plays the game very mechanically, whereas Yaroslav Askarov, he's kind of all over the place, but he gets it done. And I really saw that this tournament, and I thought it was – Pretty funny, but awesome to see. And I think the Preds got a, an absolute beauty coming in net in the future. Yeah, he's someone who's got a lot of clear talent. He, he He's someone who, like on these big stages, he's seemed to struggle a little bit over the last years, which makes no sense because he's got a lot of talent, but he's really going to be someone that uh, Nashville, they're going to develop him. He's going to turn into a true franchise goaltender. Uh, he's just he, it's it's just fun to see, dude. Like I, I, I just really love the fact that a righty goalie is out there. You know, it just reminds me of good old like Thomas Volkun. Remember when he was shredding it in the NHL? Oh, absolutely. God, I, I just I just love it. Righty goalies, they're so rare nowadays, and I'm I'm just so excited to see what he can do. Yeah, for sure. And his wacky play style just reminds me of the older day goalies where they're just tumbling all over the place, like the Dominic Hoshiks and uh, very excited to see what he can do in the NHL. But Chase last name here, who has impressed you? So very last name I'm going is David Yurchak. So anybody who doesn't know who this is, he is a Czech defenseman. Uh, he's a 2003 born defenseman. So he's going to be draft eligible coming up here. He was for, for my money. He was their best player in the tournament. Uh, as, as a 17-year-old, he, he, he could find himself in the first round, you know, maybe second, third round, more realistic. But, like, he is a legit talent. You know, I, I would I would put him in the first round personally. It dep- just depends on, you know, where you value the Czech League because the Czech League is kind of a, a lesser league in terms of pro leagues around the world. But he just plays a really nice two-way game. He's got some offensive ability. You can see that he has it. Um, but he's also really going to help shut down. He's got good size at 6'3", 176. He's a right-handed shot. Uh, he really impressed the hell out of me. I really look forward to seeing him develop. He's probably got another at least year, maybe two years of World Juniors in him as well. So he, maybe he can help carry this Czech team to medal for the first time in I don't even know how long. Uh, I, I really don't remember the last time they have medaled, maybe even push for a gold medal. Um, but, yeah, he is just a really, really nice defenseman. Oh, that's pretty high praise, eh? First rounder. Yeah, I mean, like it's 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 definitely in the realm of possibility. Um, you know, for the tw- it's twenty twenty two draft, I should say. I'm sorry, uh, because he's on November twenty eighth birthday. I kind of forgot about that part. So he's like technically he's seventeen year old, but he's also like a, a double underager in terms of his draft eligibility. So by the time that comes around, you know, he should be a first round pick, but it could be second, third rounder just because the check league is kind of trash. Um, but he's really got that ability. Yeah, it'll be exciting to see to keep an eye on him going into the future. A right handed shot with that size. I mean. If he can put it all together, who wouldn't want that in the first round? But Chase, we'll now talk about the MVP, the best forward, the best defenseman, and the best goalie. Uh, We haven't found the tournament team, the all-tournament team, um, but we do have this for you guys. So MVP, got to start off, Trevor Zegras. I, I mean, what's there to say? I mean, he's been phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, well-deserved. So this is a guy who, you know, his draft process was – Clearly a good player and being a top 10 pick. Someone I honestly underestimated, I had him as a top 10 pick, but didn't think he was going to have this level of the talent. I thought he was going to be a really nice player, but like, Jesus, he's he's dominant. He's been dominant in everything he's done since being drafted. He's going to turn into a dominant NHL or two. Like, he just has everything that you want out of a true number one playmaking center. Yeah, and I, I think Anaheim fans really got to see his creativity in this tournament because uh, he was doing some stupid stuff with the puck, seeing the ice differently that uh, no other player was seeing. Um, he was phenomenal, and I'm very excited to see him 
come into the NHL. However, that's only going to bolster the California team's stock when it comes to actually playing hockey, trying to get to playoffs. We already talked about L.A., how they're set up very nicely. And now you got Anaheim, who's got him, uh, Jamie Drysdale, and uh, you know some other players. So very scary team as well. All right, let's talk about best forward now, Chase, um, and that's going to be the German beauty. Yeah, Tim Schutzlaw, he is going to be playing in the Ottawa Senators uniform very soon. Uh, you know, just took home this best forward of the tournament. It, he clearly was the best player on his team by a freaking mile. Uh, he, I have no problem with him saying best forward in the tournament, you know, borderline MVP type guy. He would be on my all-tournament team. He was just really fantastic. Um, it, it, he's just so fun to watch. And we, we talked about it earlier. He's just such a fun player to watch because... You know, he really dominates in the perimeter, and, you know, people say, oh, perimeter hockey players, you know, they're not good because in the NHL, you got to drive to the net. Well, in terms of, you know, he's great in the perimeter, he's got great hands, he'll generate offense, he'll cycle around and wait for it, but he crashes into the center of the ice, he gets down in the slot, he gets to the net, he gets in those areas where you need to get to to win and to score, and, like, he does it with ease and finesse. It's just so impressive. He's going to be so much fun to watch for so many years. Yeah, very excited to see Tim Stutzla in the next level. But Chase, let's not talk about best defenseman. Uh, you made a prediction that it'd be Vili Hanola. Uh, I thought we're on the same thinking. However, it's going to be his teammate that gets best defenseman. Yeah, Topi Niemela, I have no problem with this choice at all. I was going to talk about him and uh, players we were talking about, but I figured I'd save it for here. Uh, he won best defenseman. He had eight points with seven games. Kind of caught me off guard. You know, he I did not think he was going to be scoring at that level uh, this quickly. Um, I told, like, I was predicting Billy Hainola because he, like, I think he played the best defensive game of anybody in the tournament by a long shot, as well as providing some offense too. But Niemela, he played a really good two-way game. He scored a lot. Yeah, uh, you know, hockey nowadays is about scoring, so that's kind of going to get the vote more than anything. But like, he he definitely earned it. He's you know, he he impressed me a shit ton. Um, I know who he was. Uh, he wasn't someone I had like crazy high praise for. Uh, you know, coming into his draft process, I had him as a middle round guy, essentially what he was. Uh, but he, he definitely has some NHL ability, and he flashed it. Yeah, absolutely. And the Leafs fans have to be absolutely thrilled as they've had a uh, question mark around the defensemen for, gosh, years now, decades, uh, and they see this kid win best defenseman. That's got to be pretty exciting for them, uh, seeing their third rounder get such high praise. But Chase, next, uh, best goalie, uh, I think it was – really between two goalies uh, and both play for Florida nonetheless, but the seventh round draft pick took it home. Yeah. So I still don't know if it's Devin or Devon because I heard both on the broadcast and I kept hearing it in other places. So I'm, I'm just going to go with, with Devon. That's what I said earlier in the episode. So Devon Levi, he ended up winning best goalie. No surprise. Uh, best numbers in the tournament. Him and Spencer Knight shared the shutouts. Uh, Spencer Knight was the obvious other goalie that we were going to mention. Uh, it's not fair that Florida has both these guys because Levi, he looked really fantastic. He's someone that kind of, uh, he really was an unknown. Um, he wasn't someone that was on Team Canada's roster really at all, or radar, I mean, excuse me, he wasn't on Team Canada's radar at all. But he ended up getting an invite to camp because uh, the coaches had to do a little scouting into goaltending, and he really just showed and carried the team. Um, it really was impressive. He's going to be playing college hockey this year. Look forward to seeing him develop. Uh, hopefully the Florida Panthers trading away to someone else because I don't want to deal with if he turns into a legit NHL or him and Spencer Knight just won't be fun. Yeah, and it's crazy how many connections these kids have, both drafted by Florida. They both play college in the Boston area um, with Levi playing in Northeastern. And, you know, they were both great and both made it to the gold medal game. So um, kind of crazy that the Tampa Bay Lightning may have to verse both of these guys. Uh, hopefully that's not the case, but... Um, Best goalie. He deserved it. So oh, yeah. uh, that's that's basically it for our World Junior talk. Um, very excited for next year's World Juniors, even though we're like, what, 350-something days away? Yeah, I mean, probably, yeah, probably like 350. Yeah, something like that. Um, but, of course, we have the NHL to look forward to because as of recording, only a week away. Um, so that's going to do it for the episode. But first, hockey name of the day, Chase. Um, we made a suggestion while playing Call of Duty last night. Uh, we were playing against a player that was either in China or Japan. I don't know which it was. Um, but they did not have uh, English letters. And I said, you should put that in a hockey name of the day. Uh, I kind of regret that decision because I really hope you didn't do that. But I'm going to scroll. Oh, thank gosh. <laughs> <laughs> 
that was that could have been. I, I thought about it. I had one on deck. I'm like, dude, I don't even know how to pronounce this. I can't do this. <laughs> that would have been terrible. Yeah. All right. Uh, hockey name of the day this week. We got Vladislav uh, Ryadchenko. Riyad? Yeah, pretty, yeah, pretty much good enough. Vladislav Ryadchenko. Uh, you kind of say it like together, like Riyad. It's it's kind of, you know, like awkward sounding, but like you, you don't pronounce them as separate syllables. But R-Y-A-D-C-H-E-N-K-O. Uh, so our, our boy Vladdy is a Belarusian forward, uh, February 23rd, 1998, same birth year as me, uh, kind of a sick birth year, not going to lie. Jeez, you're uh, old. Yeah, I'm so old, dude. Holy hell. Uh, but yeah, he's playing in the Belarusian league. Uh, he's played a little bit internationally for him. Uh, not, not too special of a player. Maybe he makes it to the KHL one day. It's probably about his ceiling. Uh, playing for, let's see, this is, I don't even know how to pronounce this. I'm just going to kind of guess my best, uh, Playing Shakhtar, Soligorsk, I probably, uh, you know, the, the weird city team names, Belarus, I don't know. Uh, 11 games this year, a goal says two points, so fine player, nothing special. Yeah, and a, and a cool name, Radchenko, Rad, Radchenko. Uh, yeah, there you I, go. I, I, I love the, the Russian Belarusian names because they're always um, like Slav, Vladislav. You always got uh, some nice endings and... You know, it's it's just awesome hearing some new names. So uh, that's going to do it for this episode. Chase, why don't you hit them with an outro and then uh, we can get out of here. Yeah, I can do that for you. So as always, want to thank you guys for listening. If you'd like to become a patron on Patreon, support us that way. We'd really appreciate it. Uh, you're by no means obligated, but it shows different ways of support. And we really appreciate that. If you want to follow us on Twitter at Bolts Broadcast, that is at Bolts Broadcast. While you're at to follow the Hockey Podcast Network on Twitter at HockeyPodNet. That's at HockeyPodNet. You know, just in case they do any sort of fun giveaways or announcements, you, I mean, you might as well turn on the tweet notifications, right? Uh, I mean, same thing with us, too. Hell, why not? And while you're at it, just go follow WNP on Twitter, too, at WNP Sports Pod. That's WNP Sports Pod. You can get your football talk there. Uh, you know, it, it's just me and Mike, and sometimes we bring on some friends, you know, just have some good talks, a couple of neat guys. Uh, but check out the HockeyPodcastNetwork.com. You can find all the podcasts in the network right there. Boom, click the logo. Listen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Right, we're listening. Rate us five stars. Send your questions, comments, concerns. Uh, stay active on our polls. We're going to keep the polls going as much as we can. Um, any topics that come about throughout the season, you know, we'll, we'll definitely talk about them on the show as well as post them. Absolutely. That's going to do it for the show. Uh, thank you guys for coming out, and uh, we'll talk to you next time. Bye.